You started your business to help others. Somewhere along the way, you lost the capability of doing it on your own. Imagine how much different your business would be with an extra $10,000. Would you pay your rent? Would you buy new equipment? Would you pay your coaches more? Would you pay yourself? What if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. We are proud to introduce you to WheelPay, a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better. Do better. We'll pay. We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Mission statements are garbage. However, they're not really garbage. And one of the things that is like our, our mission this is a, we just started off hot and heavy here. This is this you an did. aggressive kickoff you to this podcast. Yeah. Well, that's the way I live aggressive. my life though. I, I love this way I live my life. Um, I'm I'm just butthurt about Dale being like Fern sucks and talking shit about Navy. Dale ripped into you. Dale that's has okay. it out for you. It's a it's actually I, I'm actually not butthurt. Uh, I learned this from my father years ago, is that it's just better to go through life not having feelings. Um no, so this is an interesting topic, and, and this is why I think it's like at the crux of what we do, which is trying to build affiliates where coaches want to go and trying to build coaches that affiliates want to hire. Right? Like that's the whole that's that's the whole thing, right? Like I, I need I need to have businesses that are crushing it that can hire coaches and have good culture. And then I want coaches who give a shit and are good at their skill to match those businesses. Yeah, I think with our podcast, with a lot of what we put out there, we're always telling boxes, you need to hire good coaches, you need to bring on people. This is one of the first things you can delegate, step away, work on the business versus in the business. Now, that's good and great, but how do we get coaches to level up, to step up, to show these boxes, hey, I am worth hiring. What does that have to do with mission statements? Well, that's ours is to create both of those, right? Oh, to that's create our coaches mission that statement? Are yeah. Creating a mission yeah. statement Wel right now? Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, we just did it. It's good. No, the, um, but that, that's kind of like, it's, it's funny that that is a disconnect in this whole thing. Is it not? What aspect of it would you consider a disconnect? Meaning that that is, that is very few people have like cracked the code on that. Meaning like I've got, I've created a gym that, is crushing and, and is, is where people want to go to work. It's enticing. People are like, I want to go work there. And then a pool of coaches who people look at and they're like, I fucking want to hire you. 
right? Like, yeah, I think that is that is kind of rare in the space, which which is which is um, I don't want to say it's uh, depressing. It's it's a little bit more annoying to me than anything. There, there's a handful of boxes around the world that I would say are considered good enough boxes that people seek them out. You know, for example, Reebok is an is a an example right now. With all that happened with Reebok and CrossFit, many of their coaches are leaving. You've seen Denise Thomas, Austin Maliolo, Connor Murphy. They're all going elsewhere. So now Reebok is trying to hire and people are looking at that as, wow, that's prestigious. That's a box I want to coach at. There's there's other ones you know, around, around the world, depending on where you live, where people are looking at it as a job opportunity and I would relocate to coach there. You know, that of course lends well, the itself re- to- The Reebok one, right. There's a whole nother host of problems in that very few of even those boxes have enough money to hire someone full time to the point that they can relocate. You know, it's great. Yeah. You know, CrossFit New England, great example, right? Like Ben Bergeron, people seek him out to go coach there. Cool. If you're coaching eight hours a week, because that's all the opportunity is, well, you need to have another job. Right. So that that's kind of where I'm going with this is, and ultimately this is why when we kind of talked about this before about, you know, uh, like creating a profitable business in in order to give other people opportunities so that somebody else can have a job. Or this is like, I guess like, you know, capitalism or or libertarianism at its finest is like create something that creates opportunity for other people. Right. And, And now let's just say that we, we skip right past that like big hairy topic and we go to the fact, okay, I've done it. I've created this thing and I want people to come in here. How do you do that? Cause that's always, that's always the struggle, which is like, how do I hire? Like what, it, what is it that I'm doing? And, you know, we're, we're kind of working a lot of people through this, this, uh, and I think it's pretty pertinent right now because of the growth that a lot of gyms are seeing, like I need help. And Probably the most common mistake is I've identified, I identify a person first, and then I build a hodgepodge weird job around whatever their lifestyle or needs are, rather than building a job first and then sticking a body in it. Because now I can, now I can hire past this one person, right? So we'll make up an arbitrary, an arbitrary example. I've got this person who loves CrossFit and they have availability that's pretty flexible because they kind of do a part-time job here over there at this other thing. So I, uh, I start to pay them uh, some, you know, something that looks like a part-time GM salary. And then, you know, but if I really, if I really outline what this person does and what their working hours looks like, like nobody would, that would, that job description would only fit one person on the entire planet, which is this person. And therefore, yeah, I can't replace them when they leave and have to go through this whole rigmarole again. Well, two, two things really go wrong in those scenarios. One, box owners, the expectations they have for their coaches are insane. They want them to coach their classes, to show up early for those classes, to stay late, make sure you're at every single event that we have. By the way, I'm not going to pay you for those events. You're just expected to be there. You need to show up to coaches' meetings. Again, we're not going to pay you. And then they wonder why they're not able to create a, a real job. And then secondly, what goes wrong there, like you're alluding to, is box owners get really worked up in the sense that so-and-so is leaving. What am I going to do? Like this is 
because they've created such a niche and such a very small world, like, yeah, any 22 to 26 year old can take this because they, they're not married. They don't have kids. You know, they're willing to bust their butt. They they don't (laughs) bills. They, they like training. So they're willing to save the gym all day. But then when they leave, they're like, Oh no, what do I do? Like I, no one, you know, so you're not, you know, if you work for Google and someone quits, they're like, cool, we have a list of a hundred people who will fit this job district description where for some reason at affiliates, like, yeah, that was you. I, for, for affiliates, it's like, okay, well now I need to find someone else and I need to make accommodations to my expectations based on that person versus interviewing people. Here are the expectations. Here are the roles. Here are the pay. Here are the hours and finding the one that fits that. And that's just right. So because box owners don't know what they're doing. Box owners don't know what they're doing. They they get involved. They're typically the own they're the owner slash head coach slash you know maybe they have a partner maybe they don't. They do everything. Then hopefully they get to the point where they're making some money. Now I can hire someone, but I can't hire someone and pay them really well. I can hire someone and pay them, you know, fifteen dollars an hour for the hours I know they're working. But but I'm going to expect them to do exponentially more, like I said. I mean, how many times has it been like, oh man, I'm so frustrated with my coaches because they don't show up to events. Well, do you pay them for events? No. Right. I mean, like, so I had, we just had, we just had a big crawfish boil like uh, last weekend. And I had a coach there who was a super spreader. No, no, COVID's over. I declared it. (laughs) The, uh, the, but, and I had coaches there, right? And I paid them. Did and you pay like them Jake, to be at that event? Well, if they're working their ass off, yeah. Like doing wow. setup and all that stuff. Like Jake was like, hey, shut up. Where? He's like, I, I log these hours. I'm like, every one of them. And you Put pay them the same rate as their coaching hours? No, no. It would be like an admin hour. But I mean, it's, he's going to put in uh, whatever he put in, like six hours that day. Yeah. And, you know, even if one or two of those hours included some fun, included, you know, three pounds of crawfish or whatever, you know, whatever. It's, it's worth it to have them. I would throw out there, you are slowly becoming one of those boxes. I mean, you had a very high level coach, Lindsay Andrew, relocate to work for you because you could afford to pay her a, a, a dollar amount that allowed her to, I don't know if she sold her home or whatnot, but, you know, travel across state. She did after she left, but yeah, she did after but she I left. Mean, and that's the point, right? Is that it is like you have to, a, so there's two pieces here. Like, what is the job? What is the dollar figure? Like, let's just get down to brass tacks is like what is the what are the tasks involved with this job what does it pay and you don't have to there there is middle ground here and i've been coming up with something that i find to be very flexible and allows for a lot of incentive based things to happen in there um and but i think first you have to here's the job here's what the job entails and then here's the dollar figure, right? And if you can't pay somebody whatever living wage might be in your area, but let's call it something between 35 to 50, right? Like thousand dollars, right? Pesos, right? Thousand dollars. <laughs> I don't know what they 30, use in Virginia these days to be 35, honest. it's Bitcoin. Everybody operates off cryptocurrency. The, um, the, so let's just call it 35 to 50, right? Roughly. So that's a the pretty sweeping range. So let's, you know, anywhere between three to $4,000 a month. Okay. Okay. Maybe I don't start with that full boat. Like maybe I start with some, because remember there's, there are people that will take part-time work that are, or are stay at home spouses, dads or moms, like whatever, who would absolutely take 
the opportunity for that. And the point is, if you're a box owner and arbitrarily, I just gave you a number, I'm like 37, five. And if you just put that out there, be like, I have a job position that pays 37, five a year. How many people do you think would apply for the job in your local area? I'll take it. Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're not hireable. Like you're awful at basically everything. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, obviously, you know, in your local area is not a fair statement because it's probably going to be a, a CrossFit member. But, you know, you'll, you'll get a 10, 15 applications if you have, a, if you have like right. a legit opportunity there. Right, that's my point. In, in it, but if we do it the other way and I'm just randomly picking people because I like them with, without a, acknowledging that there is a big wide world out there of people who would absolutely do that. I would put it to you this way. If, if you put that, I'm just re- literally making up numbers. Like we want them to make more, but I'm, I'm trying to be realistic. 37.5 is a, a fair starting point. For I think a, it's, a I think it's reasonable. Trainer. Right. I think it's reasonable for somebody who's uh, got a gym that's grossing, you know, I don't, like 250 to three potentially hundred thousand dollars a year that's a reasonable number that they could probably swing for sure that right if i put that out there you're gonna get a pool of candidates right like and, and, you're gonna I, get and I would also members i would also have real jobs right. and say that's well, where i was going with this somebody who's making 50 would potentially be like i actually fucking hate my job and, I get and i'll go do that ackerman every day I would have done it for free. That's what they saying. would come in and immediately ask for a raise as compensation for having to put up with that. But, but that's my point is like you, we assume all of these things rather than build something and then see who the takers are. Right. And if you're not sure, there's a lot of ways to do this. So what, what I've, I've been playing around with this, like incessantly to figure out like what gives the buck. Cause everybody's just like salary or hourly. And I'm like, okay, well how about both? And then what gives you maximum flexibility? Right. So, I'll lay this out there and people can play around with it. Do both base, whatever the number is. And base includes X. It includes, it can include admin and it can include a chunk of hours coaching on the floor. Right. And then everything else after that is hourly, right? Hourly admin or sorry, uh, hourly coaching on the floor. Maybe if they're doing sales function, they can do that. Well, now I have a ton of ways to provide a raise if you will. Right. So the first option would be like, okay, your base no longer includes this chunk of classes anymore, immediately a raise, or I could give you a raise on your base, or I could give you a raise on your hourly, right. Or I could give you yeah, a raise then- on multiple of your out of your hourly, right. Depending on what their workload looks like, it gives me, you know, I can always go back and forth between those. That isn't something that is like going to potentially crush you. But like, if you give somebody a $500 raise, you're talking about a $6,000, you know, raise a year and, you know and, and i was having this conversation with one of our affiliate U clients for so many people in that boat like if i'm willing to do that i want to work for 37.5 and i want to work at a crossfit a lot of the reason you want that is because you're passionate about it you care about this so other things you can do is provide more value and that might look like hey if we host a level one level two you know you get to take the comp spot or i'll even pay for 100%. you to go elsewhere right. we have a coach's development portion of affiliate U and that's tremendous value. We allow not just the box owner, but all of their coaching staff to be a part of it. And, and like I just said, the types of people that are willing to put in the grunt work and start there are the types of people that want to get better. And, and that's some of the value. And I can tell you 
you know, going back to this whole topic, a mistake I made was only doing salary and you could do it well, but I, it was a recipe for disaster because as a box owner, there is somewhat of a finite amount of work and hours that actually need to be done. And usually we look at it like as coaching hours are the meat and potatoes of it. But then you get frustrated when so-and-so is not doing, hey, you're not following up with people on Wattify or you're not you know, reaching out to the committed club. You're not doing these things. So if you are going to do a base and or a salary, I think it's really important that you lay out in really s- strong detail what the expectations are. And then my other piece of advice there is have them put it on their calendar, have them share that calendar. So for example, we talk about the committed club and affiliate you, meaning reaching out to the people that come in, you know, whether it's 14 or 16, whatever you do, but someone needs to pull those numbers every, every week or every right. month and do an announcement. So, Hey, Wednesday, 9am, we pull those numbers. I know Fern needs to do that. And I can follow up with you. Hey, Fern, did you do that? And if you say no, then I can say, hey, it's on your calendar. Why didn't you do it? Otherwise, what I always experienced was as the owner, it was still on my to-do list. Not that I would actually be the one doing it, but I felt like I had to keep track of it. And that's why we have a lot of systems that we teach. But point is, lay that out very, very specifically. Right. So this goes back to where I started, which was create the job first. So many gym owners take a person and then start randomly giving them the tasks. Right. And then maybe they like the tasks. Maybe they don't. How about this? How about create a job? And then when people look at the job, they're like, do I want that job or do I not want that job? And I've skipped all of the bullshit afterwards. I'd be like, That's, this is the job. Do you want it? And they're like, ah, yes. And I'm like, cool. Like you clearly know what it is because we outlined it. And then I'll teach you how to do all of that. But this is the job, right? Instead yes. of being like, oh, I coach some classes, do some of this stuff. And I'm like, no, no, this is the job. This is the position that I need filled. This is what it entails. This is what they do. Not how, right? So this goes back to like a job description, right? We're, we're not talking about like, full statement of work. That's, that's different. I'm talking about a job description. Like, what does this person do? They do X, Y, Z. And they, and then, and then if they're like, yes, I'll take it. Then you get into the, okay, cool. Here's how it works. Here's your to do's. Here's all the other things. Here's how you can make more. Right. Now let me flip the script. Let's topsy turvy this. This is great. We're looking at it from the box owner perspective, but there are many coaches or trainers out there, level one, level two, maybe even level three that they're in a role where they're getting paid hourly, maybe even a salary, but it's not enough to survive or it's a part-time job, like you said, but they, they're so passionate about fitness, coaching, helping others. that they're like, now how do I make this my full-time job? What are some things they can do to show you? In other words, if, if back in the day, you know, Cassidy or Jake or Lindsay were there and you're paying them 15 a class, you know, they're not on staff yet. They're not at a level three yet. What are some things they would show you to be like, okay, A, either I need to give them a raise or B, what can I do to find more opportunity for them to, to work more hours and or become full-time here? Well, then I have like one question, which kind of answers that, which is like, what grows the business? What, what puts more cash into the business that, would, could, that could put more cash into my pocket as a coach? Give me something. So uh, I can take on nutrition clients. Cool. Okay. So the point is like revenue. Okay. It, it, from a coaching standpoint, you, you, you must, you absolutely must 
understand that like this is a business and you can't just take a larger chunk of the pie because you just want it. If you're not invested in the growth of the business, then to some degree you take some responsibility here with regard to like not having opportunity moving forward. So for instance, I think Cassidy coached, I think Cassidy, I think he told me the other day, yesterday, yeah, he told me, he's like, he coached, I think he, I think he did more onboarding sessions than he coached classes in March. That's, that's a big deal. I mean, that right. shows you have a lot of new members coming in really. Well, but, but, it, but that's, that's his, that a, it's, it's, it's additional earning opportunity, but B now they're invested. He and Lindsay are both invested in the growth of the business because now they know that, okay, cool. Well, if things are crushing, well, then they could get a raise to the base. They could get a raise to onboarding rates, right. And go from X to Y, you know, now, as a business owner, I got to follow through on that. I can't just be like, all right, guys, you can't be this shit box owner that we've all heard of. Be like, they just keep stringing people along. Be like, all right, cool. When we get there, I'll, 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 I'll give you that. And then you, and then they never get it. Right. Like you, you, you know, but, if, if thing- well, I was, you know, I think sometimes coaches are entitled to, like, it works both ways. Coaches are like, man, I've been here and I've been coaching forever. Members love me. I need more. I need more money. I need more hours. I need something. But like you're suggesting, well, what are you doing to actually add to this business? Because coaches and members alike do kind of the member math. There's, you know, 200 people coming in and they're all paying $200. So, you know, Fern's printing money and it's like, yeah. And then there's rent and then there's electricity and then there's, you know, all of these other expenses. So one of the things that, that coaches, and this is important, right? I know where you're going with this. One of the things that coaches are really awful at is they, they only pay attention to what's coming in, right? None of them are paying attention to what's going out, right? And so as you build a team, this is where communication becomes paramount. And some people are super uncomfortable with this because it's kind of a hit to the ego, but you have to let the team in to know what's, what's going on. You know, for instance, like for holds and cancellation, Cassidy manages those. So he knows what's going out. He also knows what's coming in, right? When we're talking about members, like he knows what, he knows what's, what's falling out of the bucket and he knows what's going into the bucket. So, and I, I do too. So if we both start to see that like uptick for some reason, we're both like, what's up? Like we need to make sure that that we can head this off at the past. Now we have a bunch of things that we do preemptively to do that, but, but they need to be invested in that because if they're not invested in all of it, then, then it's, you know, like Alan Watts, all wretch and no vomit. Like we never get there, right? You can never, you can never make it happen. Well, and then the other aspect is that something that you said that's really interesting is they're only looking at what's coming in. But hey, if if money's going out because you have a photographer, a social media marketer, you have you know anything, well, that's your coach's opportunity to say, hey, I can do that, but I can do it better because I'm a coach or I'm here. I understand the ethos. I understand the values of, of this box. So take that opportunity and say, okay, well, I can, I can alleviate that cost for you and you can give, you know, give it to me, which gives me more value here. Right. And then also spin it to, Hey, if I'm doing a good job here and a new member joins, can I do their onboarding? Therefore I'm getting paid, you know, not necessarily a commission, but I'm doing the work if, if I'm getting new people in. Right. So it's, it's a combination of both. It's understanding like what makes the machine churn and then everybody finding their place and like, where is their value in the machine? 
where is their specific value? And then where is the value, right? And the value is in growth, right? So if you never grow, there's never more opportunity. Now, how much you want to grow? Completely up to you. However, if I'm complaining because I can't get any help and I simultaneously am the same person who's like, I don't want to grow too much. Well, then you're just stuck in purgatory forever. I don't know what else to tell you. Like you can't have both. No, and I think a mistake that a lot of coaches make is, you know, they, they just assume, you know, the box owner is making money and, and this is it. This is as far as I can go. But like you're saying, they're not saying, let me figure out what I can do to help you out, what I can do to be better, but also show them that they're, you're working on improving as a, as a coach as well. You know, you need to, whether it's take your level two, be studying for your level three, sign up for a coach's development course, ours or anyone else's. But there's, there's all of this opportunity for you to improve as a coach. And really, I mean, what better value is there for you as the box owner than a coach that's kicking ass and you're hearing about it? Because trust us, if you're doing that, we're going to hear it from the members. The members are going to be like, man, Christina sure. is just crushing it lately you know she she cares she's doing this like maybe you're posting in the facebook group maybe you're commenting on things i mean the best way to increase revenue at your box is to retain the members you currently have what are they doing to make people to for for it to be the best hour of their day or like i was i was kind of like randomly walking through and i it was i don't remember who it was but i would, one of the coaches i was like in a hurry he's just like hey first double under today First, first time stringing them together, talking about one of the members, I was like, God damn, that's awesome. You know, and that person was stoked. I feel like a shithead because I can't remember who it was, but I was, yeah, I was jam, I was jamming through the box, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, that's I the coach, kind of stuff we're talking about. I, I coach at a box three hours a week and trust me, the owner of the box hears about it in a good way. My buddy, uh, Kevin, who is an old coach of mine at Albany CrossFit started coaching there as well. And people know that he was a friend of mine. I show up on Mondays and people are like, man, your buddy Kevin is so good. Somebody said to me, somebody goes, I feel like it was the first time I got coached in a long time. And as they were saying it, they You're realized offended. what they were saying. <laughs> I was like, hmm, that mm -hmm. means I don't coach you. you know. And I think right. something box owners now, you know, swinging it back to box owners is, here, you know, you, you open this podcast with some harsh words. Here's some more harsh words. Opening a CrossFit is cheap, it's easy, right? It, it, it's, it's really not that hard at the end of the day. I mean, it's, it's not easy, right? Things, it's a low barrier for entry, low barrier. It for is entry. easy. I mean, it's maybe I should say it's simple, not easy. You go take your level one, you pass the test, and you find a space, and you slap the name CrossFit on it. You pay $3,000. It's cheap to open a CrossFit relative to, it is yes, cheap. you can open virtual businesses a little cheaper maybe these days, but I mean, let's say you find a place that rents two grand and you had to do first, last, and current, that's six grand. You spend three grand on an affiliate, you're at nine, you spend 25 on equipment, you're at 34. Much of that, you can either take a very low interest loan out or lease it, you know, Rogue does leasing. Maybe you spend another, that's 34 and even another six in miscellaneous. $40,000 to open a gym. When I was in high school and college and really wanted to open a gym, I mean, I was looking at hundreds of thousands, you know, I wanted a pool, I wanted all this nonsense, Nautilus equipment. 
40 grand and you have a gym open. My last box we opened for, I had a partner, 30 grand on a pocket each. So it was 60 grand, but we really did it nice. You don't have to do this it. This is why gyms, this is why gyms are, are able to sputter for so long. Cause it's cheap. And then all you it's need cheap. to do is get 20 members and you may not be paying yourself back on what you put out there, but you're at least covering your costs. It's easy right? to cover costs in a, in a, it's, it's yeah. not hard. It's not hard. If Otherwise there wouldn't a, be 15,000 affiliates. Yeah. If you open a CrossFit affiliate and you, you know, do you put 40 grand in? Cause if you put 40 grand in that shows to me, you did some nice things. If you open a $40,000 box, you should have 20 people knocking on your door to join within a week. That's what will happen, which is just enough to allow just you told to your survive. Friends. Yeah, that's enough to allow you to survive, but not make money, which is the problem. But my point being, now box owners forget that, and then they get frustrated that their coaches aren't doing more. And I'm like, look, the you know, not all coaches are that driven or want their own business, and you're expecting them to do. You're expecting them to care about this business the way you do. They're not going to, because if they did. Any one of us can trip over $40,000, whether it's a loan, borrow it, take out credit cards. The point is you have, to, you have to kind of wrangle those expectations. And part of that means you have to pay these coaches properly, incentivize them, and allow them to grow under your tutelage. Yeah, and I think, and this is kind of where we just want people to shift to. And I think a lot of people are going to have the opportunity as, as CrossFit grows, as, as we start to see more and more demand for it. But the mistake would be, what am I doing with all of that? Like, am I building a team that is sustainable, that is, that is sought after? You know, am I, am I starting to look for places that I can purchase? Am I, you know, am I investing in more equipment and, and better amenities? You know, and we'll, we'll do another podcast on like where to invest and when, but the, the short answer is as a moving target, depending on where you're at. Um, but what are you doing with all of that? You know, are you, should you invest it in staff or should you invest it in yourself? Right. Yes. Like, should you go to a Tony Robbins thing? Should you, you know, purchase uh, affiliate you or something else? Should you, yes, definitely like, I don't know, you. like whatever, you know, whatever, like, it, like whatever, but like, you have to figure that out. Um, but what are you going to do with it? What is the plan? Right. And part of that, it, you know, if you are going to go hire a coach, it's be like, Hey, I need to hire more staff. I'm like, what are they going to do? They're like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, there's first problem. Right. Can't why, go hire you, somebody why do you need to hire more? Yeah. Staff? Do you even need to do that? Would a VA solve this problem for a fraction of the cost? Or do you and even now need I can to be reallocate the resource. Right. Is that even a, is, is that even a necessary function that is happening? Well, I need a coach because I've run a mobility class Thursday nights and three people show up. Cool. Right. How about you get, get rid, rid of, of that stupid mobility class? Right. Get rid of it. You know, so yeah. I, I think, and I, but I ultimately going back to it is the question that I have for affiliate owners are you building an affiliate? that has opportunity for coaches to come in and be professionals. And if you're not, then I think you should be. Take a stab. What percentage of affiliates, let's call it the United States. Cause I don't really have a, we have a grasp of what's going on worldwide, but it's different. There's lots of different protocols right. and lockdowns going on. Um, and you know, the United States, we have a better idea of finances. What percentage of affiliates in the United States are doing that? So let's define that meaning uh, providing opportunity for right. Let's say a full-time employee that is yes. not the owner. Correct. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like we're okay reading each other's minds. 
sandwiches. Oh shit. Um, the um, I would. I'm just gonna do because some quick math here. Less than ten percent. What math are you doing? I was just basically doing like of 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 all the of the affiliates that I can think of off the top of my head. Like you, you thought of, of all of the affiliates you could think of in that short amount of time. I mean, I ran through at least fifteen. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Wow. You're like Rain Man I mean, for affiliate names. I am Rain Man for, for <laughs> affiliates. So if you want help, I'm your guy. If you want to so, drop a box of if you want to drop a box of matches, I won't be able to count them, but I'll be able to fix your shit. So um, what'd you say? There's 15, and then you said like one and a half of them are doing that. Roughly. Is that including you? Because you're doing it for you're doing it for what? How many people are getting are working? To to uh, I, technically three, really. I mean, like. One of them is like on the cusp, but that's because he he take like he could take that, but he splits that across his like so like weightlifting like so that revenue like if you if you took if you took all of it absolutely full time wage like really nice full time wage, but that's but he's taking that and he's growing a team, so he's got like two other coaches in there that he divvies that out to, um, so yeah technically three. It's I mean and and you would. Would you say most, you know, there's 90% of the other boxes, they're, they're potentially, some, there's a percentage of them that the owner's not getting paid, but, you know, most of them are certainly not paying somebody else. Ten might be high, to be honest with you. I think it is. I don't think 10% of boxes are giving at least one other person a full-time job. And, right. you know, they, and this maybe... is the great, this is the great travesty of what we're talking about. This is, this is it. Like, this is the, this is legit the great travesty of crossfit is that that is not happening they may be they may have one other person that works full-time there but that that person is probably struggling either overworked or underpaid or both correct i would say it's five percent i mean and and that's really it's not a lot it's not high enough is the point and i and i guess what i want to wrap this up with is it's 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 on both sides. Box owners need to do a better job, but coaches, if you want this, if that is your goal in life to work at a CrossFit full-time, I don't want to own a business. I just want to work for somebody. You need to create value as well. And you need yeah, to be, you, you need to just awesome. You need to be a solid coach. Yeah. You need to be somebody who uh, an owner looks at and be like, I want that person in my affiliate. And yeah, then I'm without, going to reward them for that. I heard, um, there's an old video of Coach Glassman talking about Dave Castro at level ones. And I don't remember the video, but it was something like, we realized when Dave showed up, the seminars went better. So we kept having him come. And then eventually we started paying him. And right. that's really what you should be doing as a coach. Obviously the goal is, hey, yes, that was 2005, six. Maybe you can get away with not paying someone. 2021, you should be getting paid, but your box owner should think to themselves, man, if this person left, it would be a real hit to the business. You know, we'd survive. We might lose a handful of people if you coached elsewhere. We'll go on, but it would be noticeable. Yeah, it'd be a significant backslide. Yeah, so it, it works both ways. So box owners need to be really clear about their expectations, lay them out, not create a position for that person, but create a position. And then coaches... You need to show the box owner your value. 
that's it. You know, it, it's every, both parties and what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Like everybody needs to understand that like what's good for this entity is good for all of us. So let's make that happen. You know, I think most, everybody kind of a, a, approaches it from a scarcity mindset and they're just like, what is in it for me? And I'm like, well, collectively what's in it for us is the real question. Is it, you know, long-term security like what like if you know if the business hits a million i'm pretty sure there's a job in there for you that pays pretty damn well you know so you know look at it from both points of view but that's that's really what it is that we're shooting for is like you know creating affiliate owners that like are building businesses that coaches want to go to and creating a pool of coaches that affiliate owners want to hire that's what we're doing that's it and i think the it's happening it's happening it's you know, we're, we're seeing the professionalizing, professionalization of coaches. It's taking a long time. And, you know, part of that is coaches, it's, it's you know, double-edged sword. It's just whatever. But affiliate owners need to show coaches there is this opportunity. And then coaches need to, you know, go for that brass ring, if you will, and say, I want that. And, you know, it, it means like any relationship, both sides giving, both sides taking. But understanding the other person's objectives, goals, and point of view. That's it, Fern. That's it. I think we solved it. Did you write that down on a napkin? I got it on a post-it note. I'll send Perfect. it to you. We're good. We're good. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.